Welcome to From Fear Into Action, where we have evolutionary conversations with conscious entrepreneurs. Sometimes all you need are the right tips at the right time with a little mindset magic, which is exactly what you are about to get. Now, here are your hosts, Julian Knoll and Heather Porter. Welcome back, everybody. Hello, Julian. How are you? Well, hello, Heather. It's great to be back here, and thank you, all of you, for uh, joining us uh, today. Uh, I'm really excited about today. Uh, it's uh, one of those kind of crunch topics mm. in the uh, in the whole world of the entrepreneur, and especially those of you who are in startup mode. It's that dreadful word. It's uh, it's a five-letter word that a lot of people think is actually a four-letter word, and it's about money. That's right. So don't cringe, don't shrink. Keep yourself big and open and authentic. Um, our special guest today is the very gorgeous Judy Reynolds. Now, I know Judy really well, and she knows me extremely well. And that is because she is Shine's money coach. That's right. She's our profit coach. She helps us really look for, plan, structure, and strategize all around money. And really what underpins money is the stories we have about our value. You know, quite often when we're starting out, we start out, we realize, oh, wow, you know, what we want to do in the world and what we want to create is going to bring so much value to people. Um, And then once we get going, um, we find it's actually the, the journey can be really hard. And so this podcast is really about the real stories. It's about real people. It's about real things that you will deal with in your entrepreneurial journey. And connecting your value to the price that you charge is an incredibly key step to take. So we're really lucky to have uh, Judy Reynolds with us today. We are. And you know, when you were telling me a little bit about Judy, you were saying that she has this real knack for pulling out people's core genius and you were telling me a little bit about you know your core genius and and then you were doing an exercise with me as well and actually you know what would you be happy to share with everybody what your core genius is Julian? Yeah my core genius lies in um, I'm a connector yes I um, connect people Um, I connect people to their highest purpose. And then what I really love to do is connect people to other people and uh, see really great stuff happen. Now, when when working with Judy, um, she not only got that, because she's working with the whole Shine team, she got us to really look at what our core genius is. And then the next really important thing was, how much time are you spending in the business and how are you commercialising? your core genius. It has really revolutionized the way we do things, how we structure things, and what we're putting into place uh, in the coming year is each of the team and all of the people we work with now really have to be coming from their core genius. Yeah, and you were doing an exercise with me because it's funny, we all have our blind spots sometimes when we're, you know, our own boss and we're growing our business and we know what we're good at because that's what our business is, right? But when we mm. sort of try and describe it in, in some ways, shape, or form, it's, it's difficult. Some of us either feel like we're bragging or we kind of describe it in something we think it is, which is not what other people would say, isn't it? It's kind of like yeah. it's almost hard to come up with for ourselves. 
Yeah. And what did you discover yours to be? <laughs> you, you know, you're still helping me work that out because I was sort of saying, oh, I simplify online strategies and automation for business owners. And then you were saying like, you're more like you have the finger on the pulse of trends and you sit between that fine line of um, dreaming and creativity and ideas and execution. And I remember I was taking mm. some notes around that. And I thought, oh, this is cool. This is this is getting me thinking. So, yeah, mm. yeah. And what I remembered also, too, about part of your core genius is a mindful approach to the whole digital world. Yeah. Like you have the ability to dissolve terror and panic in the, <laughs> in the whole digital space. You're like, you really humanize it, you essentialize it. And my whole relationship to the digital space has really been shaped by listening to how you go about it. That is really cool. Thank you very much mm. for that. So, my pleasure. Guys, we're going to introduce Judy here. I know you already know a little bit about her, but I just want to tell you more her professional side so you know who you're going to be spending some time with here in the next 30, sort of 30 minutes. So Judy Reynolds is a chartered accountant. That's her background. And she's also a speaker and a consultant. And after she sold her award-winning accounting and financial planning business. Oh, did you hear that? All the, all the people turning off as soon as you mentioned she's a chartered accountant. <laughs> I'll tell you what, turn back on because she is an amazing, she has an amazing approach to numbers and figures and money. So dial back in, don't disappear, okay? Yes, yes, dial back in. <laughs> and you know what, for me, I was like, oh, that makes her more credible. So it's interesting how we all have that, that energy around money. I'm glad you said that. Yeah. So she, she's basically what she's done now is she's founded this incredible uh, consulting firm called Opening Gates. And that's where she shows others how to design a really powerful business that enables the owner to live the life to which they aspire, which is all of us, isn't it? And then she also provides expert commentary to national publications and is a you know regular columnist. And this is the one thing that I love, and then we'll get her on in a second, is this. She sees profit as an enabler. It enables you to create the wealth necessary to fund your lifestyle of choice. So, guys, without further ado, we would love to welcome on Judy to our episode. Hello, Judy. So we are so excited to welcome you, Judy, to this session. Listeners, we just had the most incredible chat. Um, I don't, uh, obviously, most of you wouldn't know this, but what we do, Julian, myself, and then our guest, is we actually do a little bit of a closed eye process where we get an intention and we sit together and get to know each other a little bit more. And what I, I love about this woman is that she's going to flip around how you think about money, your business, and really that it all stems with you. So, Judy, welcome to the show. Thank you. Ooh, so, I know Julie, and you know Judy way more than me because she's a, she's a profit coach for Shine, amongst many other amazing things. So, because you know her, what do you think would be the perfect question to start her out oh, with? Oh, <laughs> great. Um, yeah, so Judy is um, that Shine's profit coach. So she really guides us, has input into, challenges us, offers incredible insight and intuition, and a wonderful way of working. So um, one of the one of the themes I really love exploring with you, Judy, is around value. 
the whole journey around how we price things, how we price ourselves, and uh, the dissonance quite often between our value and our price. So um, what do you think it's imp is important for people to know about this price versus value dilemma? I think firstly, we need to know that um, any one of us, any entrepreneur, any business owner um, can step, be involved in part of this dilemma. It, it comes up at, when you're in startup, it comes up when you're you know, very much established in business, so it, it can impact on anybody. But I guess what we need to understand is that overlying everything is that in order for us to really be able to put our price to the market, then we have to understand what price is. Um, I think sometimes when we question our price, we're really questioning our value and they're, very, they're two very different things. So the first thing to understand is that when we calculate price, it's generally a mathematical equation. So we look to things like, you know, costs and overheads and volume and investment and market pressure. We do all of the mathematical piece. But it's so much more than that. It's a mathematical equation wrapped in emotion. And the most, the, to make it even more interesting, there's actually two equations. The seller has one and the buyer has one. And they're different. So that in itself creates a very interesting challenge. How do we, how do we make, make the two meet? The seller has a mathematical equation um, and he thinks he knows what, what the buyer is buying. The buyer has a math mathematical equation um, based on their affordability, price com com uh, comparisons, and, and they also know why they're buying it and how they feel about the purchase. Mm. So it's yeah. easy to do the mathematical piece but not so easy to understand the emotional story or, or, the, or the feelings or the reason we buy, uh, and particularly from a seller's perspective. Mm. Does that make sense? Mm. Yeah, it does. I guess it leads me to wonder, what are some of the emotions and emotional issues that come up for people um, around those value versus price dilemma? Well, I think sometimes we think we're selling drills, but in fact, people are buying holes. Does that make very, <laughs> that very makes sense? I love that. <laughs> yeah. So we think we're selling drills, but our customers are buying holes. Mm -hmm. So we have to understand what it is our clients are buying, not necessarily standing in the shoes of the seller and understanding what we sell. So what happens often, let's talk to the startup. Um, they've got, been through the process of developing a product ready for sale, so it's market ready, and they've had, you know, been on that extraordinary journey of challenge after challenge after challenge, you know. Uh, so many things have happened. They've questioned their ability to be an entrepreneur. They've just, it's been a, a, a really tough journey. And then they get to the point where they're going to put a price on this, on this baby, and the, all of this sense of vulnerability comes up. Oh, my gosh, the price will determine how valuable this is to my market. It will be what will decide whether I'm successful or not. But you see, we're not our art. We're not our business. And our price is irrelevant to who we are. 
However, that's when when we get to that point where we're pricing something, we're taking it to market, we're going to be judged externally. Fear comes up, the ego is rife, you know, we don't want you to fail, maybe you should go a bit lower. Um, All of this happens at that point. And not just then, but it can happen at the established entrepreneur as well. How do you how do you know what to price yourself? How do you actually know? Because um, I, I know a lot of people get stuck in that whole comparitis thing when they're they're looking out in the market and they're sort of saying, okay, so this person prices something similar to me at this price and then they price it at this. Maybe I just price myself right in the middle or maybe I go for a discount. Or how do you actually even know how to choose your price? The first thing is to do your mathematical piece. And, you know, numbers matter. Do that piece. Understand what your profit margin needs to be to be profitable. Understand, you know, the volume piece and all of that is very, very important. But it, that whole process is around around commoditization. Yeah. So there's an, a, a layer that we've forgotten about. Yes, we've got this widget. Yeah. That is going to um, that's going to we've developed it because it's it's environmentally friendly we're going to save water it's going to do all these amazing things um it's going to you know open up land for agriculture because we all of these things are going to happen because we've made this widget the way we have and we've compared it to this other widget over here that you know uses tons of water there's no way environmentally friendly just as a comparison. So if we compare those two, we're not comparing apples to apples. They might both be widgets. They might both do the same job, but we've forgotten to take into account the heart piece, the the piece that is more than the widget, the piece that the why, the whole story of the widget, the whole story of the entrepreneurial endeavour to leave the world a better place. So there's this other layer of value, this emotional layer. The reason we connect with this um, with this producer or this entrepreneur is not necessarily because of the widget, because of what they believe. So we forget to value that. And and the reason that we do is we're so so down here in the numbers, in the commoditizing of what we do, and we've we forget that there's this other extraordinary piece that goes with this widget that that has maybe sometimes even equally as much value as we place on the price. So I, I, I and, and that, that requires you to be able to articulate that value in your marketplace, of course. And sometimes that's where we fall down. We talk about, we, okay, I've, I've got, here's a widget for $60, do you want to buy one? We don't say, I've created this amazing widget that's going to save water and leave the world a better place and all this, da, 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 da. Um, you know, do you, would you like to buy this widget? So there's, there's, it's, it's very much around the language, the articulation and the belief we have in what it is we're, we're going to bring to market and the belief that we have and the value that we've, we're placing in the market. Um, and, and, and understanding the value that value that, that the person who buys what you've got is going to get as a consequence. And it mightn't just be in the widget itself, but in the experience of the purchase and the, making the contribution beyond ourselves through that, through the buying of the widget.
With the value piece, because earlier when the three of us were chatting about the fact that a lot of entrepreneurs just step into self-doubt and start to look at their value or, or I guess devalue themselves. So how would you support somebody, say one of our listeners right now that's thinking, you know, I, w- I have this vision, I have this idea and I want to get it out to the world. But for whatever reason, they, they are not feeling strong in themselves. What sort of steps or suggestions could you give to somebody for their own value to lift that? Mm, it's interesting. So often what happens is we, our passion, um, our energy is eroded by the experience of bringing something to market. And as a consequence, it becomes all pervasive and it, and it pervades into the, to the value and to our value piece. Um, in any case, no matter how we look at it, we have to sell ourselves to ourselves before we can sell ourselves to anybody else, yeah? So we, we have to understand our own value and the value that we're taking to the market before we have any, any before we can even consider selling that value to anybody else. So firstly, the first thing I do is tell me what your client is buying. You know, tell me what your customer is buying. Tell me about that. Then I want you to go and ask someone who knows your product to tell you about the value. You know, that often happens. If people tell me, it seems that other people can articulate the value better than me. And then I want you to, to talk to someone that understands your product and your 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 entire piece. Um and get them to, to remind you of how amazing this is. I want you to go back, back to why you're doing this, back to your why, understand why this was important to launch this product or to be in this business. Um, we're just continually going back to the heart piece, back to connect, connecting back with why, what brings the passion to the table, what brings the energy to the table, where is this disbelief coming from? Is it coming from within or without? Do you need social proof to enable you to to stand behind your value again? Can, let's let's arrange that. Let's test the market. Let's see what people think. Um, there's a whole process we go through just of self inquiry, just being just reconnecting with what it is that we have. A, uh, that we're taking to market, how we're taking it to market, that seems very, very clear. But often we forget why it is, and that's where this emotional value sits in the why. You know, why, uh, why have we chosen to bring this product to the market? Why have we chosen to 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 bring this service to the market? You know, mm-hmm. and and I think when we reconnect. We, we step out of our ego and we step out of our head for a while and reconnect with our heart and mirror, see in the mirror what others see, yeah, what others see in your product mm. and your value. You know, we, it's kind of arrogant to assume that we know what other people value and don't value. So one of the things we often miss is asking our clients and our customers how, how, how they would value our product and our service. That is such a beautiful point because, you know, as entrepreneurs, we, we fall in love with our baby, our little business, you know, and, and what you just said there about 
stepping away from that and actually going to the customer and finding out what they value, it, it helps with that sort of weird blind eye that we turn on our own business where we become obsessed and fall in love with our ideas and concepts and instead of going the other way around where we're actually looking to the market. So thank you for, for bringing that up. Um, Jules, I can see why you like her and she's part of the Shinepreneur community. <laughs> <laughs> Look, there's, there's, there's something that I think would be really helpful for people to, to hear about because um, one of the things that um, – a couple of things that uh, have really influenced me profoundly about Judy's way of work is one is around um, our core genius, that um, Jude comes from the perspective that we, we have a core genius. Every person has a core genius. Um, and that, that needs to be the center and the focus and the heart of the business. But the other thing that is also a big influence uh, to me is that Judy also says we all have a blueprint um, and a variety of different blueprints about how we deal with things like value and a blueprint around money. And Jude, I think it, this is probably a good time to talk a little bit about um, the blueprint and how people's different blueprints can influence their conversation around value. Absolutely. I'll, I'll do that, I think, with an example um, okay. of my experience. Um, one of the things, of course, we do. We sit down with our, with my. I sit down with my clients, and we talk about. Um, we do our budgets, so we're doing numbers. Um, we do our budgets. What what's the profit going to be this year? Um, and the profit to me is it, it is isn't profit. It's not a result or an end. It, it is an it's an enabler. So profit is very much around um, how how much we need how much we need to live today how much we need to live tomorrow and how much we need to grow our businesses it's a, it's a very different it's very much connected and defined by the life we want to live so we when we agree on this number um, and 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 we also agree um, on the, the activities need to take place to produce this number so we need to know how many leads we need to produce this level of profit we need to know you know how many sales we have to make all of those stories so all of the numbers are there so yes we're committed to this profit so let's say for the purpose of this conversation the profit is oh, $200,000 and then what we find is, what I found is I come to my next session with the client and I say, hmm, so tell me, um, how, why, why haven't, haven't the activities happened in this period of time? You know, it wasn't about whether I could do the activities or not. Yeah? It was my worthiness for the profit, level of profit that we'd agreed on or my belief or my values around profit. So I look at this number, this $200,000 number, and even though I, I understand how I'm going to make it and I understand how it will contribute to my life and, and, my, and how it might make a contribution to others, however, there's this huge um, impediment and it's around our blueprint around profitability, our worthiness and our ability to, to generate that level of profit. So it, it, the first thing we had to do was really unbundle the value, our, our blueprint around, around profit. And, you know, these blueprints, they're, they're very much a big part of us. And each, each year we kind of pad them down and the older we get, the, the 
you know, they're more ingrained, they are in us. And and if what I found was often people thought that businesses that made a lot of profit, a lot of profit, which is different for everybody, were either were, you know, the owners were working really, really hard and neglecting their families or the or they were ripping people off, whether it's their clients or their people. Or, you know, this tall property thing, all of this was happening. So what we had to do was work with this blueprint, unwrap it and understand that there was some pieces of it that weren't serving us. And then when we got to understand that, to say, well, that doesn't make any sense. I'm happy to leave that, you know. It's, it's habitual, so it takes time. So when we got to understand that, the blueprint was limiting us here and for us to have an expanded number we had to have an expanded blueprint or a blueprint that would enable us to expand then we did that work and what I've noticed then was the activities happened and the profit happened okay and and, and there, there was a pride in, in and, and a new understanding of value of self of worthiness and then what I'd found was when they got to the stage where the money was in the bank and they had the opportunity to spend that money on over, on holidays or a new car or a new house and it became visible, the limiting blueprints showed up again. Uh-huh. Yeah. So we then had to, we had to have another conversation and pull that, unbundle that blueprint around you know, how do I look to, uh, while, yes, I can make this profit and while it's you know, quietly reinvested in my business and sitting in the bank account, nobody needs to know about it. Does that make sense? So blueprints was extraordinarily limiting for people and it meant that we weren't making the profit that we could make. So we weren't even able to live the life. We were compromising our life in the first mm. instance and then compromising the value that we could add to others through the vehicle of our business. You know what comes to mind is like a money ceiling where you, we're all kind of living, like you were saying with the blueprint, for whatever reason with some sort of belief of what we can make or spend. And it just makes perfect sense because I know for myself running my business, I'll look at other people's businesses in this similar space and think, you know, why are some doing less or or why are some doing more? And what I'm hearing from you is it really does stem to the leader, the entrepreneur, the business owner as to the why. Their product could be 50 times better, their service, than than the next person. But if they just simply cannot have that belief in, in the value of money or themselves, they're just not going to go ahead, are they? No, they're not. And, and, yeah, and it, it it has an absolute limiting impact on the business, and and I yeah. and and it's the activities. So when you notice that the activities aren't being done, there's something's missing. So the the reason to do them isn't big enough, or we we don't believe that the outcome. So for me, leads. How many leads do I need to live this extraordinary life? We either don't believe we're worthy to live that life or we're not worthy to earn that level of profit, or there, somewhere there is a limiter, yeah? And we, and I know when we have those conversations, and do do we sort that out in one day? Absolutely not. You know, blueprint, mm-hmm. blueprints, um, you know, we've, it's like an intergenerational transfer. In some cases, it, I call it, it's a, it, 
it's an intergenerational transfer of mind viruses <laughs> because <laughs> it limits us, you know, you know, and 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 we've built our blueprints over time, you know, from our parents, our grandparents, from our teachers, from our peers, from any number of places, and and we take, we do try, we do, we're really great evidence gatherers for our position. So generally, we gather evidence to support our current position. So what I encourage people to do is to set that evidence aside and gather evidence to support a different position. So it's it's really powerful when you start talking about profit, and I don't call it profit, I call it a net enabler, not net profit, net enabler. So when we look at what that, that enabler enables, yeah, so first of all, we had a blueprint that limited us around how much profit we could, we could generate, and then we had a blueprint around how much that would enable, what that would enable for us, yeah? Mm. So um, oh, it's very, very powerful, very, very powerful piece. And in business, we have to be so, so clear that we have to expand our mind before we can step into a world of expanded numbers. That's when the magic happens, when that expanded number and the expanded mind meet. That's when we know that the energy we bring into a business is conducive to business growth and profitability. I love that. Expanded mind and expanded numbers. Julian, wow, huh? And what do you, you know, one thing one thing that came up to me just was so simply and beautifully put, Judy, is that you were talking about activities and it is all within the activity of what somebody does or does not do, which is that trigger or that sort of hey, slap in the face, this is why you're maybe not where you want to be. Um, that to me personally was quite profound because you can look at the words like procrastination and, and other things that's, that come up throughout your day, but truly it is, it is as simple as that, isn't it? Like you're either doing something because you believe you can or, or you can't. Absolutely. I think procrastination is, is not the cause. <laughs> it's what we noticing. It's so much deeper than that. Um, I think, Oh, I think, you know, we say the numbers tell the story. The numbers tell a story. And sometimes that story is around um, not having done the pre-work to know what, what whether they're the right activities or, or there's, a, there's a whole other story, of course. But, but more, like, more likely it is is because we haven't connected the activity with living an extraordinary life. And in mm. fact, we haven't even done the pre-work to understand what an extraordinary life looks like for us. So I cannot, I, I cannot effectively assist someone in business to grow their business unless I've had the conversation around what they plan for their life. If I, if I haven't had that conversation, then we cannot look at the business in isolation and make decisions for that business when we have no idea of what that business is enabling. So for me, it's life first, then wealth, and then business. So it's actually life, health, wealth, business. So let's have a plan for our life. Let's expand who we are. And, and Julian, this is where this core genius is critical understanding what this, what this is and I call it this is the gift that we're given and once we know what it is it's our responsibility to leverage off that gift 
and to make our contribution while we're on this earth this time. So Koji is to me as something that we love to do. It, you know, the energy's up and the passion's there. We're really, really good at it. So it's, you know, we're, we're but great return on investment of time and energy and we can monetize it. So there is value transfer when we're in our core genius space. So when we know what that is, we then need to understand that part of what we need to plan for is the vehicle that enables us to leverage at the highest, highest level of that core genius. And if that's a business story, then that's the space we need to play at least 80% of the time. So for me, I know that my business owners, when they're playing in their core genius 80% of the time, their business will be way more profitable than it would otherwise be. And they're living these extraordinary lives, yeah, knowing that mm -hmm. the business will fund the wealth to enable the life now and into the future. So it's, it's all very... Um, integrated we talk about energy we talk about core genius we talk about life first we talk about activities in business we talk about blueprints it is it is an integrated story it, it, you can't just pull one piece out we have to you know work work with it as a whole Oh, I could go on for hours listening to you. There's <laughs> <laughs> so much of what you've said. It's like, I'm going to go back and listen to this and listen to this and listen to this again and again. Um, and it's just purely but now because of time. I'm just sort of thinking, what, um, Heather, do you have any final question or do you have a final kind of comment Um um, around what Judy has been saying. I do actually, because this more comes into Judy's beliefs and it's a question I asked in our previous episode, which I absolutely loved the answer to um, from Jeff. And Judy, I know you're going to have a good one as well. So the question is this, what does success mean to you? Oh, success for me, <laughs> success for me is actually in the mirrors of my clients and my tribe so mm. it, it is when when those people who i influence look in their mirrors and with or with in awe of what they've achieved oh wow that that feels that feels like everything i'm on this earth for is worth <laughs> all the, the you know the time effort uh, energy is is worth all of that and it's not just you know I talk about my grandchildren you know when they look in the mirrors and think wow I'm an amazing human being and I've and I've contributed to that oh that's so that's success beautiful you know these these are the answers that make it all worthwhile when we're struggling in our businesses day to day and we're questioning if we're taking the right steps that success is not what we thought it to be anymore. That's that's all I really have to say is that it's not about the dollars in the bank account. It's so much bigger. It's so much bigger, isn't it, Julian? Yeah, absolutely. That was a really beautiful, um, beautiful answer. I love it. I really love it. Mm. 
So, oh, look, as I said, there's so much more we could um, talk about. So we'll have to get you back again, um, Judy Reynolds. Um, it's been an absolute delight to, to have you on uh, the Shine podcast today. Thank you so much for your time and your rich wisdom. And, you know, I also want to acknowledge you for the journey you've been on too, you know, um, transitioning from, you know, being a you know, chartered accountant and having a very, very successful business into having a business that's really aligned with your purpose and working with, you know, amazing people and really uh, supporting the growth of uh, entrepreneurs and emerging entrepreneurs. It's, um, it's a great credit to you. Thank you very much. Heather, what would you like to say in conclusion? And Judy, I just want to know where people can find out more about you. I know there's lots of people nodding their heads thinking, oh my gosh, now I get it. Now I understand why I'm not bringing in the, as you said, the enabler, right? The the prophet. I can't remember the exact word you said, but now I get it, right? So they're, they're wanting more of you, Judy. Where do they find more of okay. you? Okay. So then go to my website at www.openinggates.com um, and um, there's any you know there's any number of of opportunities there they, they can do their own business fitness assessment um, there and get a, a free um, assessment of their business uh, very much um, in terms of how it's enabling life and uh, you know the whole flow through um, I, they could get my book uh, which is transform life and business 140 characters of time it, it's a workbook <laughs> so it means you have to do some work when you read it um, so, <laughs> so there's um, yeah there's many ways but certainly um, uh, through my website is by far the best way or they can contact me directly through email at judy at openinggates.com brilliant thank you so so much seriously this has definitely opened my eyes up a bit and i know everyone else is is saying yes you know i'm finally getting my my money issues <laughs> so thank you so yeah. much for for joining us we really appreciate it thank you my pleasure thank you All right, and that is a wrap. Another unbelievable, amazing guest. And yes, we want to keep hanging out with you guys. Hmm, what about this time, Julian? Where should they come and hang with us this time? I reckon it's such an important thing, you know, that interplay between your value and your price and making sure they match. And I think one of the things that keeps you connected to your value is um, the quality of the people you hang out with. You've got to be in an aligned and like-minded community. So I'd like to recommend you uh, drop on over to our Shine website, which is www.shineglobal.com.au. Pop yourself uh, down, register yourself to become part of the community, and we'll keep you abreast of all the latest and greatest information and content and shiny people that uh, you can come and play with. Thanks, you guys. We'll see you over there.